to sit back and enjoy the sunset Watch the sunrise and build a better life For ourselves and the ones coming next year I bet that we get there Cause we ain't never gonna stop This is more than a squad I love every last one of y'all For helping me reach my dreams Take my hand and come along If you wanna be free like me Yeah If you wanna be free like me Welcome to the Squad Talk Podcast. Welcome to the Squad Talk Podcast. Here we go. Here's the host of the show in one, two, three, four. Good morning, my fellow patriots, and welcome to another episode of the Squad Talk Podcast, helping you get along in a crazy world. I'm your host, Dakota Monroe. Today is Monday, June 6th. A quick little update for you on mine and my wife's journey to homes to becoming homesteaders or homesteading. Um, we are getting a lot closer to getting a property. We're finally getting our credit within range. So hopefully within the next month or two, we'll be able to get in and get that going and, and, you know, start that journey together. Um, jumping right into our daily quote. Today's quote is when you've seen beyond yourself, then you may find peace of mind is waiting there. George Harrison. Now, to me, there's a lot that this quote could mean. Um, I think the biggest thing to take away from it, though, is to not just focus on every little thing that you're trying to do, every little thing about yourself, but to allow yourself to see the big picture, right? To see the importance of everything that you're trying to reach, right? Um, and when I say that, I, I mean, think about where you want to be in 15 years, okay? And then once you figure that out, think about where you want to be in 10 years, and then where you want to be in five years, and then where you want to be in three years, and then where you want to be in one year, okay? Uh, see beyond just who you are right now. See beyond who you are trying to be right now look at the the smaller details those those smaller aspects in, in life and and see the people around you helping you achieve those things at least that's what it means to me then again you know i'm an idiot don't listen to me right uh moving on to life advice with hank the self-proclaimed idiot redneck so a moment to get into character Howdy, y'all. Hank here. And I was told I was supposed to learn y'all some, so here it is. Don't put your peckers somewhere you wouldn't put your hand. And similarly, don't say something that is going to endanger yourself. Best to be thought a fool than open your mouth and sound like a kangaroo. See, I was another one of them life lessons my, my grandpappy learned me when I was uh, uh, when, I, when I was about a 15, 16 years old. And, and mind you, he was in the later stages of his life at that point, and uh, uh, he was still talking kind of funny, but I cross-dress. See, I think the point he was trying to make is, don't worry about what other people are doing, and don't worry about trying to correct or educate these Stay true to what you know to be right and fuck anyone who doesn't like it. But if you will please excuse me, 
I need to go unhitch the rooster from the train and put the train down for bed. Y'all have a good Hank, um, I, I think you should go see a neurologist. I, I think you might be talking a little funny, too. Um, yeah. So, moving on. Um, so, we're going to go ahead and tell you a little bit about what today's episode is going to be about. So, we're going to be covering the, the great debate, the, the age-old question, right? No, it's not the chicken or the egg. It's 45 or 9 millimeter, 45 auto, 45 ACP or 9 millimeter. Which one's better? Uh, both these rounds were created around the same time. And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that men have been shooting each other over which one's better for for their entire existence. I, you know, it's just crazy to think about uh how serious some people take this i've actually seen people get into all like almost knock down drag out fist fights at gun ranges before arguing over nine millimeter and 45 acp uh at the end of the day those people are idiots let's not be like them but when we get back from our sponsor break we're gonna go ahead and jump right into the uh episode we're gonna be going over which one's better overall which one i think is better for everyday carry and how I would implement using either or in uh, everyday carry scenario or or how I would you know store them in my everyday carry uh, so we're going to get the sponsor break knocked out and when we get back we're going to jump right into that and welcome back from that sponsor break so jumping right into it 45 ACP or 9 millimeter the age-old debate the great debate which is better which has more stopping power which one is better for EDC and so on and so forth there's a million different ways you could judge these things but we're gonna just look at the basic evidence and give you my personal opinion on both so let's get started by looking at the nine millimeter and first we need to look into the history of the nine millimeter which it has a you know colorful history if you ask me uh, the cartridge was developed by an austrian firearm designer george luger in 1901 the cartridge cartridge was derived from an earlier round designed by luger the 765 by 21 millimeter parabellum which itself was derived from a cartridge used in the borkot c-93 pistol which was a 765 by 25 millimeter borkart uh, shortening the length of the cartridge case used in the borkart pistol allowed luger to improve the design of the toggle lock and incorporate a smaller angled grip which was better for comfort and accuracy. Luger's work on the Borkart design evolved into the Luger pistol, which was first patented in 1898 and chambered in 765 by 21 millimeter parabellum. And demand from Germany for a larger caliber in their military sidearm led Luger to develop the 9 by 19 millimeter parabellum cartridge for the eventual P08 pistol. This was achieved by removing the bottleneck shape of the 765 by 21 millimeter parabellum case, resulting in a tapered rimless cartridge encasing a bullet that was nine millimeters in diameter. In 1902, Luger presented the new round to the British Small Arms Committee, as well as three prototype versions of the of the uh, of it to the U.S. Uh, U.S. Army for testing at Springfield. Uh, at the Springfield Arsenal in the in mid 1903, kind of right there towards the end of 1903, coming into 1904, uh, the Imperial German the Imperial German Navy, sorry, adopted the cartridge in 1904, and in 1908 the German Army adopted it as well. 
the O-Give of the bullet was slightly redesigned in the 1910s to improve feeding. Uh, to conserve lead during World War II in Germany, the lead core was replaced by an iron core encased with lead. This bullet, identified by a black bullet jacket, was designated as the 08ME and uh, by 1944, the black jacket of the 08ME bullet was dropped and these bullets were produced with normal copper colored jackets. Another wartime variation was designated the 08SE bullet and identified by its dark gray jacket and was created by compressing iron powder at high temperature into a solid material. Such bullets caused the barrel to wear out, uh, wear out after just a few shots though. So not the best design, you know. You fucked that one up there, Germany. Um, the name Parabellum is derived from the Latin motto of uh, Duce Waffen. Uh, blah, blah. Yeah, a bunch of words I don't actually understand. Um, but it is what it is. We're just going to say the name Parabellum is from John Wick and sound awesome um, and completely idiotic. Anyways, so moving on to the popularity of the 9mm. After World War One, acceptance of the 9x19mm Parabellum cartridge increased and the 9x19mm Parabellum pistol and submachine guns were adopted by military and police users in many countries. Um, the nine, the nine by 19 millimeter Parabellum has become the most popular caliber for us law enforcement agencies, primarily due to the availability of compact pistols with large magazine capacities that use that cartridge worldwide. The nine millimeter is one of the most popular pistol cartridges where it is legal. Uh, some countries ban civilian use of weapons that chamber, uh, 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 weapons that are chambered in nine millimeter currently or former military service cartridges uh, and cartridges in this caliber are generally available anywhere pistol ammunition is sold. Um, so that's, that's kind of a basic rundown on the history, kind of a little bit about the popularity. Everybody listening to this right now, I guarantee you have, you either have a nine millimeter you know, someone who has a nine millimeter or you've shot a nine millimeter. They're really popular, especially here in the States. And for good reason. I mean, it, it's a good round. It, it has solid ballistics behind it. I mean, the bullet velocity on it is, or I'm sorry, muzzle velocity on it. It ranges from about a thousand to 1300 feet per second on average with 2000 plus being the fastest you can get. And for anybody wondering that the average is about 886 miles per hour uh, is what that translates out to. The bullet drop on it isn't all that bad. Around 50 yards, you're going to see about 1.8 inches. And at around 100 yards, you're going to see a little more than a foot. And mind you, that's just because it's a pistol round. It doesn't have a whole lot of barrel to pick up speed in. And it doesn't have a whole lot of powder behind it slamming it down. So it's going to slow down relatively relatively quick. Um, the one thing that I think the 9mm has going for it, the, the advantage I think it has, is it's smaller and faster than the 45 ACP. And when it comes to penetrating armor, you know, speed speed, and, and, and size is how you get penetration. The smaller and faster it's going, the more likely you are to punch through it. Uh, so on that note, I do think that the 9mm does have the, the 45 ACP or the 45 auto beat. Uh, and the thing is... It's moving that fast, but the bullet only weighs around 115 to 147 grains. So it's not it's not a super big bullet. It's relatively small. Anybody who held has held one knows they're they're not big. Um, the thing is, the 
nine millimeter, I think it, it allows you to have a smaller platform, which is, is better for concealed carry and everyday carry. Um, just because it's more comfortable to conceal, it's more comfortable to hide than, you know, a big 45 is because a 45, that's a big round. And if you want a double stack instead of a single stack magazine with that, you're going to need a nice wide grip and, and that can get uncomfortable, especially with concealed carry. That being said, however, uh, concealed carry may not always be the way to go. Sometimes open carry is better. And if you're, if you're preferring to open carry with your EDC, then, you know, it's one of those, what, what has that intimidation factor? Because really that's what open carry comes down to. You're, you're trying to use that, that visual effect of the, the pistol on your hip or your thigh or your back or whatever as, as a deterrent to keep somebody from playing a game of fuck around and find out when stupid games, uh, win st- or play stupid games, win stupid prizes or, you know, uh, to, what did they win today, Alex? It looked like they got their face on a t-shirt type shit. Um, not the best thing for people to do, but you know, if you're open carry and they're less likely to do it with you, that's my opinion on it. Anyways, I think that the nine millimeter is a great gun for everyday carry. It's what my wife everyday carries. Um, she's got a little, uh, Springfield. I think it's Springfield. Uh, I may be mistaken about the brand name there, but it's a Hellcat. Uh, everybody, most people know what a Hellcat is. If you don't know what a Hellcat is, just look up Hellcat nine millimeter on Google. You'll find it. Um, but that should, that's what she has. She has a little, uh, concealed carry purse and, and that's what she uses as her EDC. It is loaded with hollow points. I did a real jacketed hollow points. Um, in my opinion for personal defense rounds, jacketed hollow points are the way to go. We don't have any jacketed hollow points for our 45, how our 45s, however, because here's the thing. I think a 45 has enough thump to it that you don't really need it. They're going to feel it. Uh, the problem with nine millimeters in, in my opinion is some of them are moving fast enough. If they're jacketed and, and if they're an FMJ and, and they're moving fast enough, they might rip through somebody so fast. They don't actually feel it. So you, you do have that issue, especially if you're hitting soft tissue. Um, overall, I'd give the nine millimeter an 8.9 out of 10. Uh, I think it is a very high quality round. The only round I think, so I think that when you look at the nine millimeter, I think that it's older brother is a better option with modern ballistics. And that's going to be the 10 millimeter. Um, but that is not where the age old debate is. The age old debate lies with the nine millimeter and the 45. So that is my take on the nine millimeter. We will address a few more things with it here in a moment, but first let's take a look at the 45 ACP. And again, we're going to start with the history. So the 45 ACP or automatic Colt pistol or 45 auto, its dimensions are 11.43 by 23 millimeter. It is a rimless straight walled handgun cartridge designed by John Moses Browning. Everybody who knows something about guns respects the hell out of that man, I'll tell you what. Uh, and it was designed by him in 1904 uh, for use in his prototype, uh, the Colt semi-automatic pistol. After successful military trials, it was adopted in standard uh, as the standard chambering for the Colt M1911 pistol. Uh, The round was developed due to the lack of stopping power experience in the Moro Rebellion in places like Sulu. Uh, The issued ammunition of the 38 Long Colt had proved inadequate, we'll say, motivating the the search for a better cartridge. This experience and the Thompson 
La Grande test of 1904 led the army to, and the cavalry to decide that a minimum of 45 caliber was required in a new handgun. The standard issue military 45 ACP round has a 230 grain or 14.9 gram bullet that travels approximately 830 feet per second, which, you know, that's about 200 and, uh, 250 meters per second when fired from a government issue M1911A1 pistol. Pistol. Ugh. It operates at a relatively low maximum chamber pressure rating of around 21,000 PSI um, compared to 35,000 PSI for both 9mm Parabellum and 40 Smith & Wesson, which, due to low bolt thrust, helps extend the service lives of weapons since standard pressure 45 ACP rounds are subsonic when fired from handguns and submachine guns. It is a useful caliber for suppressed weapons to eliminate the sonic boom. Um, today, most NATO militaries use sidearms chambered for the 9 by 19 millimeter Parabellum cartridge, but the effectiveness of the 45 ACP cartridge has ensured its continued popularity with large caliber sport shooters, especially in the United States. In 1985, the 45 ACP M1911A1 pistol was replaced by the Beretta M9 9mm pistol and er uh, 9mm pistol as the main sidearm of the US military, which in turn was replaced with the six hour P329 millimeter pistol in 2017, designated M17 for the full size and M18 for the compact but some special forces units still carry the m1911 a1 so that is something to think about i mean some of the most elite of the elite some of the baddest of the bad still carry that that 1911 which i i will tell you you know i've i've had uh, a few 1911s in my time and man there is something to say about that gun i i really love the the 1911 platform um so muzzle velocity ranges on average from 800 feet per second to 1200 feet per second, but some brands do claim over 2000 feet per second. Um, and the average being 681 miles per hour, uh, and that's sitting right at a thousand feet per second. So a thousand feet per second, about 681 miles per hour, or possibly 1300 plus miles per hour. If you know that 2000 feet per second is actually possible with 45 ACP, which I will say, I've never seen any 45 move it that quick, but I'm it. I'm not gonna say it's not possible because I haven't shot every brand or style of uh, ammunition that's been made in in that that caliber. So, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe they got something out there that'll rip that fast. Um, the bullet drop is gonna be around three inches at 50 yards and around 15 inches. Well. 14 to 17 inches is kind of the average at 100 yards, just kind of depending on the brand of the ammunition again and, and how hot that thing is loaded. Um, now, the thing is, one one strong disadvantage I think that a 45 ACP has is it is moving a lot slower than that 9mm. And when it comes to tracking with a target, you know, you got something moving side to side. You gotta you gotta know how to shoot that gun to to be accurate and on point with it. You really do because it, it's just moving so much slower. Like a lot of the time when you shoot a forty five, you can see it travel through the air if you're if you're really focused and you're really good at what you're doing. You know what you're doing, anyways. A lot of the time you can see it travel through the air. Um, is the forty five good for everyday carry? Yes, in my opinion, I think it is it is a great round for everyday carry. Fact of the matter is with the 45 80, 45 you know let's say let's say you've got that 1911 
and you're open carrying with that, most people will look at a at the handle on a 1911 and know what it is. Most people know that a 1911 is chambered in 45, and when they see that, they they definitely don't want to play fuck around and find out. Um, I personally uh, think that that you can conceal carry uh, 45 gun pistols chambered in 45 quite well as also. Yeah, I think it takes a little more consideration in, in how you dress and, and how you present yourself and carry yourself. But it, I think you can, if you're willing to make those sacrifices, you can easily carry a 45 concealed. And at the end of the day, that's one of those things. I mean, granted, it sucks to, to be uncomfortable, sure, but that, that's one of those sacrifices that, that you make. You know what I mean? It's It's a case of... I want to make sure I'm able to protect myself and those around me. And I, I will endure some discomfort to be able to do so. Um, overall, I give the 45 ACP a 9.5 out of 10. I do think it is a little bit better of a round uh, than the 9mm. And it's fine if you disagree with me on that. I just feel more comfortable with it. And that's that's what it comes down to. Don't get me wrong. They're both great rounds. They have super similar ballistics uh, when they hit the body. But the... the and see the thing is like the nine millimeter it does have less recoil it's easier to get get sights back on target um but again it's a preference thing right i feel more comfortable with a 45 than i do with a nine millimeter um and everybody's allowed to pick their own right you may think both of them are both of them are trash and you choose to carry a 10 millimeter and there's nothing wrong with that you may think that the, that a 380 is the the godsend to to EDC. You may think that a 357 Sig is the godsend to EDC or concealed carry or whatever. It, it that's what it comes down to is whatever you're most comfortable with, whatever you, round you like the most, whichever one you have the most um, most practice with and the most comfort with is what you really should use for your everyday carry. Now, while I do think that the 45 comes in at a higher slot for me than the nine millimeter. Uh, personally, I prefer to carry both at the same time. Uh, I like to carry a 1911 on my hip, you know, have it right there, open carry, let people see it. I don't care if people think I'm crazy. I don't care if people get a little uncomfortable with it or whatever. I think that having it on my hip open like that is a far better deterrent than, than anything else. I don't want to have to pull it out to brandish it right i don't because because that might show intent that might should cause some legal issues and so on and so forth so if it's just on my hip i don't have my hand anywhere near it but people like it's in a place where if somebody looks at me and they're they're really eyeballing me they can see it then yeah they're, they're probably not going to want to play a game of fuck around and find out otherwise most people probably won't actually see it because everybody's glued to their phone and not paying attention and you know that is what that is um, and then I like to have a smaller nine millimeter, you know, somewhere on my back in a, inside the waistband holster, maybe on my ankle or something like that. So, you know, something small enough that I can hide it, maybe, maybe underneath the arm on one side, something like that. I have a few options for that. And the whole point of that is sometimes you might be in a position where you just ain't got enough 45 on you. Sometimes you might be in a position where you, you need a smaller, more compact pistol, than, than a full for full size frame 1911 uh, by Rock Island Arms on your hip. You know, you might, it, it just kind of depends. It varies situation to situation. And I'd rather be safe. And I actually normally carry uh, a Derringer as well, um, which 
my Derringer is uh, chambered in 410. It's a double barrel over under three inch long Derringer. It's chambered in 410, 45 long Colt. I normally have the nine millimeter and the 45, which some people think that's a little excessive. Uh, and oh, I also carry two extra mags for each pistol. Um, and some people might think that's a little excessive and yeah, you're probably right. But at the same time, it's one of those, I would rather be safe than sorry. And with the way that I have my EDC set up, it's perfectly comfortable for me. Um, one thing I do want to mention on both the nine millimeter and the 45 is their muzzle energy, right? It varies brand to brand, but normally it's staying within like they, they are within, I'd say 20 to 30 uh, foot pounds of each other. I mean, they they are they are super similar rounds. They really are. When you like, if you look into the ballistics on on the 45 and the nine millimeter, it is crazy to see how how much they actually come together, how similar they are, um, especially with the the size comparison. Because when you, when you put a nine millimeter up next to a 45, the the 45 just dwarfs that nine, right? That's just how it is. The thing is though. If, if you take one of those those super high-powered jacketed hollow points uh, in both calibers and you put that, that hollow point up next to uh, a 9mm, the 9mm will go in, it will mushroom, it will splinter, and you'll have fragments all throughout the body and the, the bullet will be caught inside the body. The thing about that forty five is it will go slap-ass through the body. It will go slap-ass through soft tissue and it will still mushroom and fragment in the same way. Okay, but the difference is it'll mushroom and fragment. It will shatter bones. It will shatter the spine and come out the other end. And that may not be a good thing in certain situations because, you know, you don't want to hit Martha behind the the idiot who just tried to rob a Walmart or something, you know, take people hostage inside a Walmart. You don't want to do that, right? But the fact of the matter is I'd rather make sure that I have enough firepower that, no, you ain't going nowhere. But And that's also another reason why I carry a 9mm loaded with hollow points. Okay. Or that, 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 that's the thing, right? Like that, like I said, it's situational. So in that moment, it may be better to pull out that nine millimeter loaded with hollow points and drop the assailant in front of you. than it would be to pull out that 45 loaded with hollow points, drop the assailant and the person behind the assailant in front of you. Right. You don't want to do that. Um, you know, and then in certain situations, if, if they've run up on you, it might be better to just reach into your back pocket, pull out a Derringer, pull the hammer back and drop a 410 shell into them and let them sit there and wonder why their guts are on the floor. You know, (laughs) that that's an option too. At the end of the day, the biggest thing you have to consider is what works best for you and your protection. What works best with something you might actually face, you know, like, like I said, in the, uh, in Friday's episode, when I was talking about, I think it was Friday anyways, but when I was talking about uh, securing your domicile, when, when I was talking about securing your home, you got to think about what is the most likely threat you're going to face. What is the most likely uh, issue you're going to come up on? Nine times out of ten, it's going to be either a home invasion or it's going to be somebody trying to mug you on like a, a quiet street or at the gas station late at night or something like that. And in those moments, sometimes the best thing might be to give them your wallet. It might be the best thing. Okay. Uh, unless you have practiced and trained to, to, uh, trained yourself to understand what's going on in that moment and how, how the assailant might react, how that threat might react. Don't do something stupid. Don't think you're going to be like Rambo. Don't think you're going to be like seal team six out here. 
if you haven't practiced for it, you're going to fuck up. You're going to make the wrong call. You or the wrong person is going to get hurt. And, and granted, you might get lucky. You might get lucky and, and drop the person trying to bring you harm, trying to steal from you, trying to hurt your wife, whatever. You might be able to take care of the threat. But if you do and you haven't trained for it, you got lucky. That's what that is. And the problem with that is, is it's going to give you this false sense of confidence. And when it comes time for you, that happens again. And it comes time for you to make a judgment call again and react. You might fuck it up and the wrong people might die. So practice for what you're expecting to do, right? Practice how you play. If you're expecting to have, uh, if you're expecting to have a person come up and mug you, practice for that. If you're expecting to have to be ready for a home invasion, practice that. If you're expecting to, to have to face a hostage situation at a grocery store or something like that, practice for that practice for the event that you're in a bank one day trying to make a deposit or withdrawal. And somebody comes in that motherfucker and tries to rob it, you know, be ready for, for what may actually happen to you. Start at the most likely thing and go to the least likely thing. Like I said, in that episode where I'm talking about security, that's what this comes into. And this is kind of just a continuation off of that episode, which we actually got this episode, uh, or I'm actually doing this episode because of a request, uh, which in that last episode, I thought I was like, Hey man, I'm, running out of show ideas y'all i need i need help and you know this a somebody emailed in and they they asked for my take on the the great debate so here we are um at the end of the day i think the best thing you can do is have a primary sidearm and have a secondary backup i think that's the best way to everyday carry with a firearm is have two of them on you with at least two extra magazines for every pistol you have on you now, don't get me wrong, I have no issue with somebody walking around with, you know, an AR-15 on a single point sling with a attack vest on if that's what they want to do. I don't see anything wrong with that. It does not make me uncomfortable in the slightest. If they if they want to walk around in armors with, with plate, like if they want to walk around in a plate carrier with five extra mags and, you know, an AR-15 on a single point sling, gun, pistol on their thigh, pistol on their chest with a, you know, big ass combat knife, if that's how they want to walk around to feel safe and comfortable, okay, I have no issue with it other people do and i can understand why they would because that can be kind of scary to look at if you're especially if you're not used to it um but at the end of the day personal protection is is a responsibility that i think people need to take more seriously at the end of the day protecting the community protecting the populace as a whole is something i think people need to take more seriously and i think one of the one of the best places to start is proper education and proper training with firearms and i think if people received a proper education and training with firearms and received a proper education uh on what our second amendment is and what it's designed to do I think that the world that our society would be a much safer place overall because I think more people would would choose to uh, practice that right, and if more people practice that right, I think it would cut down on a lot of crime. Um, some loose stats because because I haven't been able to find anything um, complete, and I I want to I'm I want to I want to, and I'm trying to find something, and when I do, I'll, I'll do an update in one of the future episodes, maybe a Saturday free talk. Um, where I'll refer back to this episode, but roughly anywhere from 800,000 to 4.5 million lives every year are saved by a person, a good person or a good guy, a law abiding citizen, you know, properly, uh, carrying a firearm and, and practicing their second amendment, right? Nine times out of 10, from what I've seen, it comes down to, they just, they, they have to pull the pistol and brandish it, but that's all it takes. And they do that. And the bad guy runs away. 
And it's important to think about that. It's important to take that into consideration and look at those statistics because the fact of the matter is where we have more firearms, where we have less firearm restrictions, there is less crime. And I think that everybody should be willing to, to carry a firearm and protect themselves and their neighbor and do what needs to be done to keep, keep everybody safe. Uh, that's my own take on it though. And if you, if you disagree, you're welcome to that opinion. I have no issue with you having that opinion. Obviously, if I, I think people have the right to carry practice that amendment or that, that right. I also think people have the right to not practice it as well. Um, let me know though, uh, in the, go ahead and uh, send us an email, uh, or actually, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and put a Q and a on the bottom of this episode, uh, 45 or nine millimeter. Let us know what your choice is. I might do it as a poll and let it run for about a week instead. Uh, but let us know what your choice is, which one you think is a better round. And you know, let's see who wins. Let's see who wins the great debate and in our own little community we got here. Um, final statement on this is going to be simple. One isn't better than the other. It's all about what you're comfortable with and what's, what works best with the situations you think you're going to face. They have super similar ballistics with the 45 and the nine millimeter do. They are both super amazing rounds. In my opinion, um, I just, prefer, I personally prefer the 45 ACP. It's a round I'm more comfortable with. Um, our question of the day, jumping right into that. How do you EDC with a firearm? Um, when I ask that, I mean, Hey, do you carry one? Do you carry two? Do you carry three? Do you have truck guns? Do you carry on your, do you open carry or concealed carry? How do you like to do it? Um, I would like to ask that, uh, y'all share, uh, follow, subscribe to our YouTube channel links for all for that's going to be in the description below. Um, but yeah, like follow, hit the notification bell, leave us a good rating on Apple podcast, Spotify, anywhere where you're listening. It really helps us get up in the search results and it really helps us get up in the rankings and it helps us grow faster. It helps us build this squad, this community, this family we're trying to build and grow. Um, if you would like to further support the show other than sharing and liking and everything else, uh, you can become a monthly supporter for as low as 99 cents, which there are three, three tiers with our monthly support starting at 99 cents a month. Then it goes up to four 99, then nine 99 a month. And that's just, you know, you being generous, um, Check the show notes below to respond to our question of the day. You'll find our email, which is going to be squad talk podcast at 1776squad.com. Make sure you head on over to our website at 1776squad.com to pick yourself up some badass freedom gear. Um, we also have links to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel in the show notes below this episode. And I will be linking to the pages where I got the information on uh, ballistic, uh, where you can find ballistic charts for 9mm and 45 ACP, and also where I got the history on uh, 9mm and the 45. So make sure you check that out in the description below. Make sure you answer our poll below this episode. But anyways, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. All of you amazing patriots. Uh, I will see, or I will talk to all of y'all in the next episode. Y'all have a great one.